Welcome to episode two of A Sip of Community podcast. Today we have our guest, Emma Lavoy. We've both known Emma for a few years now, and today we will be talking about her experience that she had in her gap year. So make a cup of tea, sit back, and enjoy the podcast. So when did you know that you wanted to take your gap year? Um, yeah, I mean, kind of like halfway through high school. I can't remember exactly why or, or what got it stuck in my brain, but once it got in there, it just, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I think it was probably as early as junior year. I probably saw it on social media or something, made me realize that, that was an option. Um, and then I was just stuck on it. I was like, that's what I want to do. I don't want to go to college just yet. And I didn't have a specific plan for what I was going to do during this year. I just knew that I wanted a break from school and I wanted to travel and get some life experience before I really started learning and sort of starting on a path to the rest of my life, which is what college felt like. Great. So like, kind of backing off of that, so how was your attitude and understanding of school before or during your gap year, and how did that change, if so, like when you're on your gap year or by the time you got back to school? Um, yeah, I think while I was in school, I mean, I it just felt like school was my entire life. Like, I mean, I had a job outside of school and I did sports, but it still felt like going to school was what I mainly did. And that wasn't something I chose. You know, everyone's just sort of forced to go to school. And I didn't hate school, but I just didn't love it. And um, it felt like up until that point, everything I had done in my life was like, I had been sort of forced to do because you're just a kid. Everyone tells you to do things. So it felt like I didn't have as much control over my life as I wanted. And I felt like I didn't have the experiences that I wanted to have before I got to college. Um, I still love learning and, and, and education, but I sort of just needed a break um, before I did it in t- more intensely for another four years. Um, and I think my understanding of learning really changed on my gap year. I think I met a ton of different people, um, some of them who had gone to college and some of them who hadn't, um, and all of them had sort of made their way and, and found jobs that they loved. I mean... For instance, I met a guy when I was volunteering um, with an organization called All Hands and Hearts down in Houston, Texas. We were rebuilding homes after Hurricane Harvey, Um, and he hadn't gone to college, or he had gone to college and then dropped out. He'd been a football player, and he got injured, and then once he couldn't play football, he just wasn't really interested in college anymore. So he dropped out. And he became a firefighter, I think, and gained a lot of very useful skills and and then moved on to working for this nonprofit, um, like building homes, directing teams. And he was really doing something that he enjoyed and liked doing and could earn a living. And he obviously wasn't rich because he was working for a nonprofit, but he was doing something that he really liked to do and didn't go to college, just kind of did things that interested him. Um, And so hearing about him and hearing about other stories like that, I think it really changed my perspective on success, I suppose. Because everyone thinks you should go to school and get a job and get a house and have some kids and then then you will have done well. Um, 
and I wanted to go to college, but at the end of my gap year, I almost, I was like, I don't need to go to college. Like, I kind of <laughs> didn't want to, but my parents made me, and I'm definitely glad they did, but I just sort of realized that you don't necessarily need college to have a good life. So did that change the attitude that you had going into college? Did it change what you had set out to study before your gap year? Did that change after that experience, kind of changing the direction that you wanted to go based on changed ideas of what you wanted out of the future? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say my interests were different, but sort of how I approached them was different. I mean, because I still wasn't completely sure of what I wanted to major in, I was just more sure that I should take classes I was interested in before meeting requirements. So I was still vaguely sure. I, in my mind, I had always thought of being a poli-sci major. I'm not now, but I I remember signing up for classes the summer before freshman year, and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to major in, so I just chose classes I was interested in. Um, and I think that that approach has served me very well. Um, and I think that was sort of doing things based on what I felt would be interesting and what I wanted to do, I think, is sort of one of the big things I learned about my gap year. Instead of doing things you feel like you should do or like someone else is telling you to do. Yeah, that's a very like mature, in my opinion, that's like a super mature like mindset going into it. Like I can know for myself, I definitely wasn't thinking in that frame going into college. Um, and it was very much more outcome oriented, especially because of like how far out my comfort zone I necess- I was like going out um, to come to school in middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's really great to, to kind of hear that. And did you ever feel like you had to explain that? Cause uh, of course, like gap years is something that, um, I would say probably picked up a little bit now with the pandemic and everything, but, um, I did not know anyone who took a gap year from my high school. Um, but that's a very small sample size, very small school. But um, did you ever feel like you had to kind of explain that decision in a way or like have to over explain it? And how did you feel with your peers necessarily not taking that path, but you being very adamant about that being the right thing for you? I mean, I don't feel like I ever had to explain it in sort of a negative way. A lot of people were curious about it in a very positive way, and I was really glad to talk about it. I did have to do some sort of justification to my parents (laughs) because they wanted me to go to college. So they made me, instead of just taking a year off and then applying to college, they made me apply to college as a senior and then just defer for a year so that once my gap year was over, I was going to college no matter what. Because that was very important to them. And it is important to me. I'm, I'm definitely glad I've done it. In terms of my peers, um, I going in, I, I knew that I would doing this. I would be like a year younger than them, or not like older. But that didn't really concern me because the ages of like 18 to 19, there's not like everyone's kind of this similar. It's not a huge year to miss. And I was already younger than everyone. I have a summer birthday, so like. Now I'm just a little bit older than everyone. (laughs) I wasn't super concerned about it. (laughs) When you 
like started college or decided to do the gap year, was it weird that your sister was going to finish a year earlier than you, even though you're twins? Or was it just like you both kind of had your own thing you wanted to do? Yeah, I think it's not that weird. Um, Even though we have been in school the same our whole lives, like same teachers, we know all the same kids. Um, So this was different. Um, But I think part of the gap year was I felt like I wanted to get some separation from that. Because when you're a twin, it's like you're so often grouped together and um, everyone talks to you kind of as a unit rather than like a person individually. So I felt like I sort of wanted to like forge my own identity separate from her. So part of that was doing a gap year. Part of that was going to separate colleges. Um, I just sort of felt stuck in a sense before that. And so... I really wanted to be a little separate from her. So it didn't feel super weird. If anything, I'm relieved that she has to enter the world before I do. Because that kind of scares me, graduating and finding a job. And she's she's doing it already. Um, so I'm not super worried about it. And um, we're still pretty close. So <laughs> Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective that you just brought up, like, kind of having that safety of going into the world, like, one person going into the world, like, before the other. And my question is, like, did taking your gap year, even though you said you still have some, like, concerns about that, do you feel that it made you, like, having that experience made you feel more comfortable to take that next leap? Because, like, as you mentioned earlier, we are trained from since we're young to be where it's like school is the center of our world. We are, our friends are there. That's where we kind of find ourselves, our social activities. So like, how did that kind of play into your understanding of preparation for the real, quote unquote, the real world? Yeah, I've, well, I've never been someone who thought they would have like a typical job, like at a desk. Because I think growing up, I've seen my parents do that and they didn't necessarily love it or they hadn't loved it. So I was always like, well, I don't want to do that. I want to do something fun. And so during my gap year, that idea was really solidified because I was doing very experiential things like volunteering and hiking and um, just things that I wanted to do and traveling and meeting people who did similar things. Um, And then I got to college. And one thing I really noticed was that at the same time that I felt like I was getting all of these new ideas, learning all of these new things and my mind was expanding, all of my professors were still encouraging that similar path of like, okay, go to college, graduate, get a job, enter the workforce. That's your life. Um, and that's nothing I had really imagined for myself. So that was a little bit surprising to me, especially at a liberal arts college. Um, but it made sense. And I think, I think I still do have quite a bit of fear of leaving college and not really knowing what to do and trying to kind of make my way. But I don't see myself getting a job immediately. I see myself graduating and sort of traveling a bit and doing a similar thing that I did on my gap year once I graduate. And so I think the prospect of doing that doesn't scare me as much. I think what scares me is getting a job and then feeling stuck in it. Yeah, I definitely get that. And um, I told my... My co-host of Emma also, <laughs> we were kind of talking about that in some extent. 
Um, also, Emma, our guest, would you like to tell the audience what your major is? Yeah, um, I'm a globalization studies major with a women and gender studies minor. Okay. Which is pretty broad. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to explain a little bit about like what that exactly means? Yeah, so within the globalization studies major, you have to pick a thematic track to follow and a, a regional global track to follow. So I'm focusing on social change and Latin America. Um, so I've taken a couple classes on Latin America and I'm hoping to go abroad in Latin America this spring, although I don't know if that's actually going to happen. So we kind of broadly study the, the forces of globalization first and then sort of narrow our focus to a region and a language and a theme. Interesting. Yeah. So um, going back to that conversation that we had like maybe a month or so ago um, about the differences of your college experiences based on your major, and especially we are right now in our third year of college, how that kind of is different depending on what you're trying to study. Um, my college experience has definitely been very goal, like I mentioned earlier, goal-oriented, thinking like I have to make decisions that right now, the some that I'm actually pushing off a little bit, um, that will impact my next 10 years and impact my finances and my family and where I live for like kind of forever. So, um, and it's interesting because I feel sometimes like I get kind of trapped in that and thinking so rigidly. So I had to, I asked my co-host, what is it like not doing that and having that other perspective because I think this is kind of what we do here this is the purpose of our podcast to come and kind of step out of our bubble and our world because it's very easy to get trapped especially being home thinking about oh my gosh like if I don't make this right decision right now or if I (laughs) if I don't get like a perfect score on this exam or this quiz that everything's over (laughs) (laughs) I think that it depends on like I said what your experience and your goal is but it doesn't necessarily have to be your experience. So I guess that leads me into my question is how does that feel necessarily and kind of your take on it and your perspective with your major and how does that kind of tie into those feelings that you have? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever been super goal-oriented as, I don't know, I feel like that's not what you're supposed to be these days, but yeah, being a globalization studies major, you take a lot of different courses And I've also been interested in a lot of sort of humanities and uh, social science courses. So I still have not taken my required lab course. I haven't taken a single (laughs) science class this year. So that gives you some perspective of like what I'm learning. And it's a lot of people who are very much interested in like helping the world and um, doing things that they think are useful and interesting. It's not as much people trying to be lawyers or super ambitious is what I've noticed which is is very much where I am and I think it's for the most part positive because I, I feel very idealistic and sort of almost youthfully naive about the world and that like I can make a difference and money doesn't matter and all of these great things and then for instance like my dad who he I think he studied history but now he works in he works for the department of energy for the government and he's just older and more weathered, I suppose, and 
he's sort of like, well, that's not going to last forever. Like, eventually you're, you're going to need some money. <laughs> and part of me knows that that's true and is worried about that. Um, but part of me is also thinks I should just capitalize on this feeling of, like, believing in things while I'm young. Because that's probably going to fade over time. Yeah, I definitely feel that, too. Like, we're in a lot of the... We've had a lot of overlapping classes, and it's interesting, like, the variety of people that you get in there. You're not all looking towards the same thing, really. You kind of have your own path that you're going on. And then I feel that, too, of, like, you feel so idealistic and ready to do something, but then if you think of something concrete, it's so scary because there's nothing concrete that fills out what you're thinking of, at least for me. <laughs> um, so do you feel like having the gap year prepared you to kind of hold on to that feeling a little bit longer or like show you that especially with some of the people that you met like you don't have to take this specific role and like even though the guy that you're talking about working with that he didn't necessarily take some success oriented um path in life but he was doing something that mattered to him and that he was kind of able to keep that going so did that give you any kind of more inspiration or like seeing that that can be a reality or yeah, just how did that shape your views of the future? Yeah, I think it was hugely important because it taught me about learning from experience rather than book. And I think both are valuable, but learning from experience over the course of that year has definitely shaped a lot of how I think about the world and how it gives me confidence that I can move through it um, without a sort of like quote unquote job, like normal nine to five situation. Because I saw people do it and I know they can. And I think that's what allows me to be like, yeah, I don't need that. Even though my parents are like, um, yeah, Emma, you definitely need that. Um, <laughs> so I think that's one difference. I think kind of, as I said earlier, it's also just being young. And thinking that everything's going to be fine, even if it's not. Um, but I think that's also sort of the impact of being online the past, like, semester and a half. Is that part of college, you're learning all of these things and reading all of these things. But part of it is the experience of, like, being away from home and living with your friends and sort of being on your own for the first time. Um, and being at home, you're not getting the experiential side of that. Um, so part of me is really, like, searching for that right now. Like, I'm about to go abroad, maybe, I don't really know yet, but if that doesn't work out, I'm definitely not going back to school because I feel like I'm just itching to do something, you know, like, volunteer or help or, like, get out of my bedroom. And I know that's difficult, given state of the world but yeah and actually that was my the my burning question that I had that popped up earlier was how has the pandemic you have gap year um and being at school how has those experiences and especially seeing how like our college experience has been kind of uh shaken up by this moment how has that changed your perspective about education as a whole and success um yeah i think it's definitely been different um i was honestly surprised at how much i still learned while at home online versus in the classroom 
I think I still learned a similar amount um, in terms of like readings and being in class because we do it on Zoom and it's like fairly similar. So kind of intellectually, I feel like I, I was still learning, but I wasn't motivated to do anything. I mean, you're just sort of sitting in the same place all day, basically. At least I was just sitting at my desk, at my computer, staring at the screen all day, which can't be healthy. And then you're having less social interaction. So I feel like sort of like I was saying in that sense, like my brain was still learning um, like things, but I wasn't getting that college experience that's so important um, and what I was really missing. So like in one sense you are learning, but in another sense you're not. You know, I mean, there's so many different types of learning. Academically, sure, I was writing papers and taking tests and like reading about the stock market or whatever, but it's sort of more of a feeling, you know, that this is going to sound cheesy, but like sort of like in your soul that you're not really doing the things you could be or learning about the world or yourself as you could be. I think that was one of my gripes with high school is that you're learning all of these things in your brain but they don't really teach you anything useful about the world. And you still feel like once you graduate high school, you can't navigate the world as you should be able to. That was one of the reasons I took a gap year. It's that same feeling of like being stuck or not doing the things you want is like kind of happening while I'm at home. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that was on point. And like the depth of this and kind of like seeing how one experience can really change kind of your fundamental beliefs and understandings of things, I think is really poignant. I wanted to ask more about some of the things you actually did on while you were on your gap year, like your trip abroad to Spain and Portugal. Did you feel like that satisfied, like your desire to want to have experiential learning and like how did that break from everything still feel so purposeful in learning, even though it's not like the direction people were kind of telling you to go? So going into my gap year, just for some context, my parents wanted me to make a plan of what I was going to do the whole year. Um, and I basically didn't do that. <laughs> um, so over the summer, I had a job. And then once the job, my sister and I had like the same job basically. And once those jobs ended, she went to college and I would have to like do something. And so I was just like doing online research, like what should I do during my gap year basically? And I knew I wanted to travel and hike and all these things. And one of the things I came across was a trail called the Camino de Santiago in Spain. I had seen a movie about it a couple years before and been like, oh, that sounds cool. I should do that. And then it came across my, like, computer again, and I was like, oh my god, I should do that. So I did some research. And I was planning on doing something. Our jobs ended in August, so I was like, well, I need something to do in the fall. And a good time to hike it was in the fall. And I was like, okay, word, this is what I'll do. <laughs> and um, I didn't think it through a lot, <laughs> but I was just like, this is what I'll do. Perfect. So I, like, bought some plane tickets, <laughs> like, flew over there. I started this little hike, um, and I hiked across, there's a bunch of different trails you can do, and they all lead to this 
same city um, on the east western coast of Spain called Santiago de Compostela. It's originally, I think, a religious pilgrimage. I didn't do it for those reasons. I just did it for fun, but some people did it. I, I can't remember if it's Catholic or Christian, but they did it for those reasons. Anyway, there's a lot of paths that lead to the city, and I did one that goes kind of across the north. Not the coast north, but like the north. It's one of the most popular routes. It's called the, the Way of St. James. Um, and it takes like 30 days. And so that's what I did. I just flew there, and then got like on a train and then hiked up to this little town where you start in France and the first day you walk over the Pyrenees and then you're in uh, Spain and then you just walk across um, and then after that I just kind of traveled around <laughs> you finish and you're sort of right above Portugal but you're in Spain and then so I took a bus down to Porto and then went further to the, the south of Portugal and then sort of just went in a loop around the Iberian Peninsula and then flew home from Barcelona. So I was there for, I think, like a little bit over two months total. Wow. And so was this with a group or were you by yourself? <laughs> no, I just did it by myself, which, oh my back, gosh, seems like mildly <laughs> unhinged. But like, I didn't know anyone else who was not going to college. So I was like, I guess I'll just go by myself. <laughs> wow. And That's so amazing. Were you staying in like hostels or just like, like camping? Yeah, hostels. Yeah, I definitely didn't have the money to stay in a hotel. And plus, I wanted to like meet other people because I was by myself. So hostels were definitely the way to go actually on the Camino they have their hostels but they call them albergues and they're specifically for people on the Camino they cost like five euros a night which seems shady but I never got bed bugs so I guess it was fine <laughs> um but yeah it's surprisingly cheap too wow that's, that's so cool yeah that's honestly really amazing to be able to do that. And so my question was, what was the most surprising thing that you learned from your experience doing all of that? Yeah, I think that's a good question because I learned a lot of things, I think, during that trip. It was easily one of the scariest things I've ever done. I remember the night before I left, um, I was like sleeping in my bed and I woke up in the middle of the night, like, in a panic attack. I was like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, what am I doing? This is insane. Like, oh my god. And I woke up that morning, and my mom was going to drive me to the airport. And I was, like, so terrified. She was like, you don't have to go if you don't want to. And I was like, no, mom, I have to. And so I did it. And the first few days, from getting on the plane to landing, and the first few days were terrifying. I was so stressed. I, like, couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. Like, it wasn't great at the beginning. Um, but once I sort of settled in and, like, made friends and found my way, it was really a positive experience. So I think broadly I would say to do things that scare you um, is really important. Because when I, when I left, I, I didn't know if I could do it all by myself. Um, and each day was a little bit less terrifying but still terrifying because you're alone in this country and I had like a little bit of high school Spanish but that was really it wow oh my goodness so I think just sort of 
one, doing things that scare you, but also taking each day as it comes. If I hadn't done that, I would have had a mental breakdown day one. You know, like, that was the only way I could sort of mentally prepare myself to, to get through it. So how have you carried some of those same ideas of doing things scared and taking things just like one day at a time? How have you carried that into your college experience and just your life now of maybe being more comfortable doing different things that might scare other people more? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's definitely like it's very easy to like draw lessons from something you've done and much harder to sort of carry those through into your life. So I've not done it very, very, very well or perfectly, but um, certainly in college, you're so busy and, and doing so many things. It's almost easy to take it one day at a time or at least one week at a time, because if you don't, it'll feel overwhelming, at least for me, because you've got all this work and, and every day's sort of action packed typically. Um, in terms of doing things that scare me, I think I've tried to do that. I think, Emma, you know this, we started playing rugby <laughs> in college, like, freshman year, and that that was initially something I was not interested in at all, um, because it was scary. I feel like I've never been super aggressive in sports, and so I was scared I would, like, hurt myself or break a bone. Which, ironically, I did get stitches twice. Just got bit by another girl. Yeah, she got bit. But I think doing it was was scary, but definitely, I mean, easily probably one of the best things I've, I've done in college. So trying to be open to new experiences and not, I don't know. Like, my first impression of rugby was negative, even though I barely knew what it was. It just sort of was foreign so I think when you first see something and it's and your impression might not be positive um maybe taking a step back and and thinking about how it could be positive or beneficial to you I suppose yeah for sure my one other question that I had was How did your experience of being alone for so long, like you said, you're there for around two months, and I feel like a lot of people being in quarantine and not really having a lot of social life or anything that I can do right now are kind of going crazy with that, but I think it's so important to be able to be alone with yourself and being comfortable with that. So do you feel like that experience kind of prepped you for quarantine or like... (laughs) Did that influence your attitude at all? I think it did in some sense. I think I, a lot of people, when I say I went there by myself, are kind of surprised and sort of react almost as you guys did, sort of like, oh my god, I, I can't imagine doing that. But I've always been a quieter, sort of <laughs> almost a loner, like I didn't have a ton of friends in school. So I think the part of being alone did not scare me as much because I knew I could be alone and I'd spent so much time alone already I wasn't as worried about that of course once I arrived I think that perspective changed a little I think I felt so much more lonely than I ever had in my life which is interesting because I was around I was mainly in cities so 
there were a lot of people around, but I felt so much more isolated because I was like either the only American or like I was around people I didn't know that well all the time. Um, and I was far away from my family and you can really feel that there's an ocean separating you. So I did feel very alone at certain points there, but I think in terms of quarantine, there were other parts of my gap year where I was just home and not really knowing what to do next. Um, and just sort of like, it felt like I was floating in a sense. And I think those experiences taught me a lot more about dealing with quarantine than, than traveling did. Because there were a couple of months where I was just at home trying to figure out what to do next. And I felt sort of directionless almost. And my parents would go to work and anyone I knew was in college. So I was just really sort of on my own each day. So in learning to cope with that, I think I figured that I needed routine was really important for me. So like waking up and drinking coffee and sort of figuring out what I want to do each day helped guide me in, in like not feeling so unmoored. I think also for me, exercise is really important. I mean, I've always been pretty active in sports. And then suddenly not having that sort of regimented practice time each week really affected me. So like going for a run or going to the gym every day was like huge for my mental health. And it made me more confident. It made me feel better. And then I was better able to like overcome, I don't know, feeling bored or not knowing what to do or just sort of lost, I guess. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And thank you for sharing. So you said that you you went to your hiking and then kind of came home for a while deciding the next thing. So you didn't have like kind of an outline before that. It was more like decide as you go. Yeah, it was. And my parents wanted me to come up with a plan, but obviously I didn't do that. So that is, yeah, without having a plan, that is one of the negative side effects of that. I I had planned to do that, and then I came home for Thanksgiving, and then I didn't really have a, a solid plan after that. So I was sort of home until January, and then in January I got a job at Chipotle, <laughs> and I worked there for a couple of months, and then I like went on another trip. So there were a few months, yeah, where I was just sort of at home trying to figure out what was next. And I think there is some value in that, sort of feeling it out as you go, and which has also made me resistant to making plans, although I don't know that that's the most positive outcome that could have happened. But yeah, sort of having all those in-between moments was a lot harder than I anticipated, but it also it has sort of helped me in quarantine and in other periods of transition had a sort of base to come back to of like, okay, well, I've been here before. I know that I need to like get myself into a routine, exercise, think about what I want to do and then, and then do it. Yeah. So my question, um, I think this is also really important, um, is what advice would you give to people who are seeking to take the, I guess, the less common path? whether it be taking a gap year or whether that's even before or after college. Even, I know you didn't 
we're still in college now, but just that concept of taking it either before or after, or whether it's taking any kind of turns within it. So what advice do you have for somebody who's considering making that big leap, whatever it may be? Yeah, I think the, the biggest takeaway for me that has really solidified a lot of the other things I do is to sort of just follow your gut um, and do something that you feel or know is right. I mean, I, I can't really explain... I mean, I can't explain what drew me to a gap year, but when I found out about it, I just sort of knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I think if anything sort of comes into your life or comes across your mind and, and some part of it sort of speaks to you and is sort of saying and sort of appeals to you and you just sort of know that you need to, even though it might be hard or scary or there might be challenges in it, I think you sort of have to do it just following that feeling, that gut feeling of like, I know this is something that I need to do and trusting that that's going to serve you well. So as we start to bring all these components together, Emma, what are the three things that you want to bring to the community? Yeah, I think sort of like I've, I've touched on all of these things as we've been talking, but Three things I would boil it down to are to trust yourself, sort of trust that gut, and sort of the things that, like I said, come calling to do them and believe that, that that's a good thing for you. Secondly, I would say to do things that interest you because that's one of the things I've always tried to do with the lack of a like specific goal or sort of thing I want to achieve. I just do things that I find interesting and I think that will lead you down a very positive path because if you have passion for something and care about something it'll serve you well and then lastly um, I would say experience is the greatest teacher you can learn a lot in school that is helpful and good but I think doing things will teach you lessons unlike school could ever so to go out and get those experiences yeah so thank you so much for appearing on our podcast you really had a wonderful conversation we hope that everyone got something from our wonderful guest i definitely did <laughs> yes we did um so a round of applause for our guest emma lavoy thank you emma lavoy for appearing on this episode and thank you to everyone for tuning in Hope you enjoyed this sip of community. Tune in next time and be sure to share with a friend.